Welcome to the first episode of the Ghost in the Stacks podcast. This is a show where I'll be reviewing and recommending horror and horror-adjacent books and stories. So without delaying any further, here is the first of two reviews that you're going to hear in this episode. Have you ever been completely and 100% sure that you were right about something but no one believed you? And have you been so desperate to prove to them that what you knew is the right thing that you would hurt them or others just to prove your point? The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay is a story of survival shown to us through a lens of mundane beauty that's punctuated with bursts of horrific violence to remind us that the danger is real, even if the ones inflicting it regret it along every step of the way. The story centers around Eric and Andy, a married couple, and their adopted Chinese daughter Wen. They've decided to take a family vacation and get away from everything, so they've rented a cabin uh, that's pretty isolated in the middle of the woods. What begins as an idyllic family vacation turns into a nightmare when Wen, who is collecting grasshoppers in the front yard, basically just playing, sees the largest man she's ever seen suddenly emerge from the woods. And you may have seen a trailer for a movie called Knock at the Cabin Door um, that's coming out soon. It's actually directed by M. Night Shyamalan. And in the trailer and in that movie, Leonard the Large Man is actually played by Dave Bautista. And so of course while reading this book, that's really all I could imagine in that role, which isn't a bad thing. It kind of helped paint a picture in my mind of what the character could look like. After Leonard and Wen chit-chat for a little bit, Leonard tells her that her fathers aren't going to want to, but they're gonna have to let Leonard and his friends in. And that causes Wen to basically retreat into the house and try to find her fathers, because she gets scared when she sees Leonard's three other friends emerge from the tree line holding what look like medieval primitive homemade weapons. Eventually, Leonard and his friends force their way into the cabin and they tie up Eric and Andrew and they explain that the four of them have been shown the apocalypse is going to happen, but they've also been shown how to stop the apocalypse from happening. Unfortunately for Eric, Andrew, and Wen, stopping it involves them choosing one of the three to willingly sacrifice to save every human on the planet. I won't go into much more detail in regards to the plot, everything I've talked about so far happens relatively early in the book, and the bulk of the narrative happens once this scenario has been established. There's a lot of really great character building in this book. I think there's a really interesting dynamic between Eric and Andrew, who are two gay men who have had very different experiences growing up, and then stacked on top of that their adopted daughter Wen, who they adopted from China, and I think this really explores some interesting ideas about identity. All of the characters in the story are so sure that they are correct and have the answer. Eric and Andrew are convinced Leonard and his friends are insane, while Leonard and them are 100% positive that they are about to save the world and they need to do anything in their power to make it happen. I think the idea of trying to convince someone you're right when the stakes are so high, I mean obviously the apocalypse is going to happen unless they willingly choose to sacrifice themselves or hurt a loved one, is a really interesting and compelling drive to a story. And what I really loved about this book is that the whole time reading it, I wasn't sure who was right. I mean, on the surface it seems like sacrificing one person to stop the apocalypse is silly, but it's written in such a way that I was second-guessing over and over again about who was really right and who was doing the right thing. 
The book is written in a way that's really easy to read. I think I got through this in less than a week, maybe five days, and then once the tension starts, it never lets up once things get rolling. And I think that's really accented with these acts of horrific violence that it almost seems like, I'll use a film expression here, it seems like the camera is just holding a wide shot and it doesn't let you look away as you're reading through what happens. It's almost got you going back and making sure you read that correctly because it's so fast and so violent and so brutal. But it's also juxtaposed by a lot of the action happens on a nice summer day and it's like broad daylight. So there's this weird contrast of horrific nightmarish things occurring, but they're also just backlit by beautiful summer sunlight. Overall, I think The Cabin at the End of the World is a great book and a fairly quick read. I definitely recommend it if you are looking for something to give you a new nightmare scenario, break your heart, and leave you wondering who was actually right in the end. Just a brief intermission before we get to the next book review. My girlfriend and I actually went and saw Knock at the Cabin opening weekend because we both had read the book and were pretty excited for the movie and we kind of like M. Night Shyamalan movies. He's pretty hit or miss, but when he hits, he hits pretty hard. We both actually really enjoyed the movie and where the book left a lot of things ambiguous and up to the reader to decide, M. Night Shyamalan had kind of made those choices when he was writing the movie or the screenplay and so it was interesting to see what he decided happened in his reading of the book and the way it played out was really well done and it was still just as thrilling it was just kind of a different way to experience the same story all right let's continue with the next book review this next book was actually one of my favorites so i'm pretty excited to share it with you this is basically the found footage film genre in book form and i absolutely loved it Last Days by Adam Neville follows a documentary filmmaker who's been hired to investigate an old cult from the 70s. And if you're not sure who Adam Neville is, he wrote a book called The Ritual, which is a horror movie on Netflix now by the same name. And it's one of my favorite horror movies, so I knew I wanted to read some of his other works. And this is the first book of his that I've read, and I really liked it. This is going to be a general overview and pretty much a spoiler-free kind of review of the book and what I thought about it. Um, like I said, it reads just like a found footage film, which I know the genre can be overplayed these days, but I'm still a sucker for those kinds of movies. It kind of has the same feel and format as like a Blair Witch or maybe Paranormal Activity. It follows two documentary filmmakers, Kyle and Dan, as they investigate the cult, and it starts off as your general 70s era cult shenanigans, but it slowly starts to reveal some creepy, paranormal, and unexplained uh, occurrences during their investigations. Our two main characters are hired by a man named Max who is older and has a production company of sorts and he's interested in producing a documentary about the Church of the Last Days. Now there have been documentaries produced about this cult in the past but they're really focused on like police procedural crime drama and Max makes it clear he wants them to investigate this from an angle strictly dealing with the occult rumors surrounding the cult itself. Kyle and Dan begin their investigation by traveling to a lot of different locations and interviewing people who had been involved with the cult in its heyday. They start off in London, they end up going to France, and then eventually making it to the US. And the cult really gained notoriety then when the cult leader, Sister Catherine, really started to entwine herself in the Hollywood elite of the era. 
I really love the dynamic and relationship between Kyle and Dan. They're your stereotypical film nerds who don't want to sell out and want to make these real gritty stories that only they can tell. And so since they don't want to compromise their artistic integrity, that also means that they're struggling to make ends meet. And that's kind of how they got involved with this job in the first place. But they definitely feel like friends who have a long established relationship who just know each other really well and the way they bounce off of each other during the story and especially when spooky things happen is just really fun to read. The first half of the book is wonderfully scary. I really like how it's written in a way that the paranormal and supernatural things as they happen, it makes you feel like you're trapped right along with the characters. And I really like how the paranormal stuff just slowly leaks into the world. So it's just like this slow pressure and suspense is building throughout the whole narrative. The mystery and the paranormal elements are weaved together so well as Kyle and Dan start to interview subjects and people who were involved with the cult in its heyday. They start to experience more paranormal things and it just kept me reading to figure out exactly what they were getting themselves involved with. And the more I read and the further I got in the book, the more the horrors of the supernatural elements were almost being matched by the real life horrors of the people and the members in the cult and the things they were doing and the things people had to go through to even be a member of the cult. The book is kind of long, but I feel like the well-written characters, the different locations, and how nice the horror flows into the narrative just really kept my interest and kept me wanting to read. And then also the film-like framing and like the found footage style just keeps things hopping along pretty quickly and kept things interesting for me. Um, a minor complaint I do have about the book is like maybe in the last quarter or so, it starts to turn into more of like an action horror or like a thriller movie versus like a slow burn, um, very introspective, supernatural uh, story. And that's not like a huge criticism or and it doesn't like kill the ending momentum of the story, but it did just kind of like take me out of the story for a little bit because it was just such a sudden shift in tone. The ending sequence kind of reads more like a Resident Evil action set piece, which isn't like a bad thing. I enjoy those kinds of stories too, but it's just something I thought I should bring up and it's a minor critique of the story. Overall, I'd say give Last Days by Adam Neville a read if you like the ritual or if you're just looking for something spooky and paranormal and a book about cults. Um, I really like this book. It was a really good read, so I would definitely recommend it. And that's it for this first episode of the Ghosts in the Stacks podcast. Thanks for giving it a listen, and hopefully you enjoyed the reviews or found them helpful. I'll be releasing more episodes, probably two books at a time. And if you're interested in watching these reviews instead of listening, I do have a YouTube channel. It goes under a different name because I like to do a variety of things. I do book reviews, I do cooking, and then I also do gardening now that the weather's getting nice. But you can find that YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at NPC underscore life. So it's NPC life. Thanks again for listening to the Ghosts in the Stacks podcast.